1: In the world of smash gangland, comes the mysterious, all-powerful character who is a problem to the police, but a crusader for law. In reality, Dan Garrett, a rookie patrolman, loved by everyone, but suspected by none of being the Blue Beetle. As the Blue Beetle, he hides behind a strange mask and a suit of impenetrable blue chain armor, flexible as silk, but stronger than steel. Today's episode of the Blue Beetle is entitled, The Frame-Up. Stanley Rogers, convicted of killing Batch Doyleton, small-time loan shark and gambler, is in the death house at the state penitentiary, awaiting death by electrocution. Rogers, scion of a prominent and respectable family, claims he shot in self-defense, but the jury thought otherwise. As our story opens, patrolman Dan Garrett, who in secret is really the Blue Beetle, He's entering the little apothecary shop of Dr. Franz, his confidant and friend. Hello, Doc. How are you? I am back here. Is that you, Jenny? Yes. What are you doing? Okay, I'm, I'm working on some experiments in my laboratory. Uh, how are you this morning? Oh, I'm feeling great. Uh, I've been waiting for you to show up. Anything special? Uh, here's something in the personal column of this morning's paper that might interest you. To hmm. the blue beetle. I am desperate. My brother awaits death by electrocution for a crime he did not commit. Can you help me? Brenda Rogers. Well, that must be uh, Stanley Rogers who shot Beth Doyleton, a small-time racketeer. Yes. A rather strange case, if I remember correctly. Rogers admitted he shot Doyleton, but claimed it was in self-defense. He shot him with a pistol he found in Dorison's apartment, I believe. Yeah. Uh, wasn't it brought out in the trial that Rogers owed Dorison a large sum of money? Yes, he borrowed from him on several occasions to cover his gambling losses. Where did Rogers meet Dorison? He was introduced to Rogers by a girl. Chance acquaintance of a gambling firm. It's too bad. Rogers comes of a good family. I can't understand his getting mixed up in such a thing. Well, he was a little wild at college. Too much money to spend. Orphaned at an early age, wasn't he? Yeah. He's really raised by an older sister who spoiled him, he's certainly in the spot now. Yes, he is. Uh, what are you going to do about that notice in the newspaper? Well, I'm going to pay a visit to young Rogers in the death house and talk with him. As Dan Garrett, or, or as the Blue Beetle? As the Blue Beetle. But how are you going? I'd like to use some of your invisible paint, Doc. But I can get to Rogers without anyone knowing it. It'll be dangerous if you're caught. I uh, I haven't been able to perfect the liquid yet. It'll serve my purpose.
0: I won't be with Rogers
1: very long. Well, be careful, Danny boy. Careful. Well, don't worry, Doc. Well, i got to get down to headquarters now. If I can, I'll be back later to change into my Blue Beetle chain armor and mask. Well, I'll be here to help you at any time you want me, Danny. Thanks, Doc. So long. I'm going to read up a little on the Rogers case. <laughs> Again, get your feet off that table and stand at attention. Your superior officer enters the room. sir. Yeah. Oh, hey, hello, Johnny. It's you. I, I was just getting a little shut eye. Tonight's the time for sleeping. Ah, uh, yeah, I know. But I've been on extra duty lately, yes. and you have to catch up when you sleep at headquarters. Yeah, that's it. And besides, I was waiting for you. I, uh, I want to ask you a few questions, Mike. Well, fire away, me boy. If it's about crime and criminals, Officer Mike Mannigan is a regular encycl- encyclopedia. <laughs> encyclopedia? Uh, yeah, that's it. What do you know about that Doyleson? Oh, him. <laughs> he was a small-time loan shark before the Rogers boy bumped him off. You think Rogers' killing of Doylton was premeditated? No, I don't. Neither <laughs> do I. This and guy was a bad egg. Where could I find out more about it? Well, maybe Charlie Storm of the Sun could help you out. Oh, that's a good idea. I'll give him a ring. Hey, <laughs> well, Dan, why are you so interested in this Roger's case? Huh? Oh, I... I I'm interested in a loan shark racket, and I want to find out all I can about those connected with it. Hello. Son, give me Charlie Storm, please. And maybe the commissioner would assign us both to it if we asked him. later, well, perhaps, Mike. President, I... Oh, hello, Charlie. This is Dan, Dan Garrett. Hey, uh... What do you know about that Doyle? Yeah, yeah, Maroney, Top man, huh? Really? That high? Hey, that's very interesting, Charlie. I think I'll get busy and really dig into this lone shark business. Uh, what did you find out at police headquarters? I uh, phoned Charlie Storm, the son. He should be able to give you valuable information. He uh, told me that a man named Moroni was the top man in the loan shark racket. Was Dorlson associated with him? No. Dorlson's racket was to hang around the gambling halls and race by means of attractive girls in his employ who strike up casual acquaintances with heavy betters, Get himself introduced to a loser as a wealthy playboy whom one might touch for a loan, oh, I see. Did you say he wasn't working with Mironi? No. In fact, he was planning to set up a rival loan business, working among the poorer class of unfortunate people who really need money. But that's a legitimate business. Uh-huh. Not the way these loan sharks run it. Well, how do you mean? Well, let's say a man borrowed $100. Yes. He also has to take out life insurance for the same people to assure the loan being paid back in case he died. These costs and interest on the loan are pyramided, so that. In some cases, the borrower has paid over five and six times the amount of the original loan. And he still owes the principal. Why, why, that's crooked business. Of course it is. And that's the racket the Blue Beetle is going to smash. And where is the Blue Beetle going to like first? In the cell of Stanley Rogers, at the state penitentiary. Have you the liquid of invisibility, Danny? Yeah, right here, Doc. I'm going to use it. So long, Doc. The Blue Beetle is going to fly right into jail. <laughs> Meanwhile, in the electrocution chamber at the state penitentiary, some officials are testing the lethal equipment. How about the electrodes, Sam? Thing is the knife blade, Warden. And the straps? All in order, sir. Have you tried the switches? I was just about to do that, sir. All right. Shoot some juice through and check your dial. Yes, sir, in just a moment. Under the 1,800 volts and 10, jump to two, 2,000. All right. What's your dial indicate, Sam? 2,000? That should be strong enough for young Rogers. Yes, too strong, in fact. But the court has ordered his execution, and it's our duty to carry out their orders.
2: Want any more?
1: No. Nope. Cut everything off. That's all for today. I'm going to my office. I'd like to see you there later to check details for the execution in the morning. Yes, sir. Has uh, Father Callahan seen young Rogers today? I think he's with him now, sir. Ask him to see me in my office when he's finished with Rogers. My son, are there any messages you'd like me to give to anyone? What's the use, Father? Everyone thinks I'm a murderer. What about your sister, Brenda? She still believes in you. What can I say to her that she doesn't already know? Perhaps a little word of farewell? Farewell. Farewell. Yes, I'm going to farewell. I'm going to burn for something I didn't do. There, there, my son. You mustn't let yourself go like that. Try to face things bravely. Secure in the knowledge that there is another life after death. But I'm not ready for death yet, Father. I want my life now. Why can't somebody do something for me? I'm innocent. I'm innocent, I tell you. Everything possible to do has been done, my son. No word from the governor, Father. I'm sorry, my son. Perhaps later much. Your lawyer has been in touch with his secretary. We're all doing everything we can. Thank you, Father. I'm sorry I acted as I did. Please leave me now. I'd like to be... I know. Better, better. Good night, my son. Good night, Father. Oh, God, will you come with me, please? I'd like to speak with you a minute. Sure thing, son. All
2: right, well. What was that humming?
1: Was that the sound of... That was the sound of the Blue Beetle's magic ray. The Blue Beetle? Yes, the Blue Beetle. But I can't see any. I'm invisible. What are you doing here? I've come to help you. Who sent you? Your sister. My sister? But how did Never she... Never mind how she got in touch with me. Now listen to what I have to say. Speak softly, so the guard won't hear you. This invisibility of mine may not last long. All right. Now, tell me what happened the night you shot Doyle. I didn't shoot him. But you admitted in court Yes, that... I know I did. And at that time, I thought I had shot him. I... I don't, I don't understand. understand. The night of the shooting, I'd go into Doyle's apartment to ask him for more time in which to pay my Oh, well, hello, Rogers. Come to pay your notes? Well, I'd like to talk it over with you. Come in. Come Oh, uh, you know Maroney here? Yes, I met him at the Golden Sessions Club. Hello, oh, Rogers. Hello, Mr. Maroney. Well, I'll leave you two together. We've got private business to talk oh, about. Oh, look, Maroney, why don't you step into the bedroom there and wait till I finish with Rogers? It won't take long, and you and I can finish our business. Okay, but make it snappy. I ain't going all. Well, what have you got to say, Rogers? Well, I, I can't tell you what I owe you now. If you'll wait till I get the principal of my father's estate next year, I'll pay you double. I can't wait that long. When I lend money, I gotta get it back to lend to somebody else. That's how I make a living. But I thought. Don't you... be silly. Well, listen. Every dollar I lend brings me back five or even ten dollars interest. The guys that borrow for me pay me back, or else. But I can't pay you back now. Well, then tomorrow morning your boss is gonna know about this. You can't do that. I'd lose my job at the bank. The disgrace would kill my sister. Hey, she... there's an idea. Yes, it's got what it takes. She's a swell-looking gal. I could use her in my business. What do you mean? I could use her at the gambling joint. She could lead the customers on, persuade them to gamble heavily. They lose money, need to borrow, and she introduces them to me. That's what happened to me. Oh, sure, sure, that's the way the old army game works. Why, you dirty, slimy rat! My sister wouldn't wipe her feet on you. Well, maybe after I told her the to January, she might consider my proposition. And as if she loved you, maybe she'd be worth more to me. You wouldn't dare upholster with any. Style. I go to beat it, kid. I ain't got other business tonight. I will not leave this home to the apartment. I'll belt
2: something off your head. Go not to... around. You bust nothing off my head. This will not stop you. you get that gun,
1: Rogers. You can't get away. <laughs> and, and that's just the way it happened. Then then you did shoot Boyleton, Rogers. I thought I did at the time, Blue People. In the excitement, I imagined I pulled the trigger. But since then, as I think back, I know I didn't pull the trigger of that gun. Did you take the gun to Doyleson's place, with you? No. I saw it lying on the table near where I was standing in Doyleson's apartment. But a bullet was fired from that gun. Maloney only testified. Wait a minute. Maloney. Say, that gives me an idea.
2: You think you could save me from... Oh, I don't want to try. I didn't shoot Doyleson. I did. not Take
1: it easy, Roger. Look, all the guards have been warned here in a hurry. Tell you want to make a statement. But what good will that When the guard unlocks the cell door to let the warden in, I'll slip out. All right. All right, I'll do it. Oh, God. God. I want to see the warden. Oh, what? Oh, what? What has the Blue Beale in mind? Who is Moroni? And what has he to do with this case?
3: Behold, my process.
0: Ooh, yeah, let me tell you something right here, aha! Uh-huh. It's the Loop Crate subscription box, yeah! With an exclusive loop on surprises not on do your door every month. Just pick up your favorite geeky genre, Daddy. <laughs> <laughs> From the original Loot Crate, the Loot Crate DX collectible boxes, dude. Calabunga through the Loot Gaming video game box. <laughs> Woohoo! the Loot Crate box with kids what today. Huh? Rouses! With crates starting as large as 11 dollars per month, Those are box just about for all collector's in. To get your geek on, head over to phoenixmedia.us forward slash loot crate and claim your exclusive offer. That's F-E-N-I-X media dot U-S forward slash loot
3: crate. Great Scott! Snap into a loot crate, dig it!
0: Or tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater presented by Phoenix Media.
1: A little later, Dan Garrett is sitting in Dr. Fran's laboratory in the rear of the little apothecary shop. But, Tony, what makes you think Moroni's got doing? I don't know. Just a hunch, I guess. But apparently, only one job was fired. According to Moroni's testimony at the trial, it came from the gun that Rogers held. That's Moroni's testimony. He had just as much of a motive as Rogers for warning Doyleton out of the way. You mean his rival, Lone Racket? Precisely. Doyleton was muscling in on his territory, as I told you. And Moroni was there that night to threaten Doyleton, I'm sure of it. But Rogers admitted on the stand that he pointed the gun at Doyleton, fired it, and Doyleton dropped with a bullet through the heart. But did the bullet that killed Doyleton come from the gun held by Rogers? Well, that I don't know. I'm going to call the Ballistics Department right now. Check with our expert, Pat Sullivan. Go ahead, Danny. Uh, there's the phone right there. Thanks. And another thing. Rogers must have been an expert marksman to have shot Soilson through the heart. The distance was about 20 feet, wasn't it? According to testimony. Hello? Hello, Police Department. This is the Van Dan Garrett. Say, uh, give me ballistics. Hello, Sullivan. Garrett. Uh, do you remember the Roger Soilson case? Oh, tell me something. Uh, was any examination made of the bullet extracted from Doyleton's body to establish the fact that it was shot from the murder gun? Hmm. Is that so? Yes, yes, I understand. Uh, hey, could you get hold of the gun and the bullet and check them? Oh, thanks a lot. Goodbye. What did he have to say? The bullet was never checked against the gun. That's strange. Yes, it is. But Sullivan's going to check them now, isn't he? Yes, and the Blue Beetle's going to check on Mr. Maroney. Anything special you'd like to take with you? Uh, Yes, Doc. What about the midget portable television set you were working on? Well, it isn't ready yet. Oh, well, how about the midget portable sound recording device? Oh, oh, that's ready. I'll get it for you. Thanks, Doc. I'll need it tonight. All right. Here. Here you are, Danny. Now, uh, let's flip it under your Blue Beetle armor. Okay. And where will the Blue Beetle fly tonight? Call upon Mr. Maroney first, and then upon the governor of the state. Hello?
2: Yeah,
1: this is Maroney. Say, listen, you ain't letting anybody get through to the governor, are you? That's right. Keep everybody away from the governor. You know what'll happen to you if someone gets to him with a plea for a stay of execution? Well, see that you keep on the job. You're the governor's private secretary. Should be easy. Okay. But remember, if Rogers don't burn, it'll be just too bad for you. Goodbye. The Blue Beetle. Yes, the Blue Beetle.
2: Well,
1: what do you want? Masquerader? The murderer of Baps Doyleton. Oh, yeah? Well, you got the wrong address. You want the state penitentiary. You shot Doyleton, Maroney. Yeah? How are you going to prove it? With the bullet that killed Doyleton And your gun there. Think so? Well, I'll just give you a taste of this gun like I gave Doylson. <laughs> <laughs> Empty the gun, Maroney, just as I thought you would. Why, you... Your bullet can't injure the Blue Beetle. Give me that gun. Come and take it, it wise guy. That'll be easy. And I'll take your confession just as I recorded it on the device under my blue beetle armor. Back oh. on your heels, murderer! Back on your back! Oh. <laughs> That'll keep you quiet for a while. I'll just tie you up and take this gun. The cops are already on their way over here. There's a hot seat waiting for you, Maroni. Oh. business, Jennings? No, oh, Your Excellency. It's nearly morning, sir. Why don't you get some rest? Uh, I think I will. You know, it's strange no one has approached me with a petition for clemency in Mr. Rogers' case. Well, Your Excellency, it um, uh, was a case of deliberate murder. murder? Yes.
2: Well, what's it sound?
1: The Blue Beetle. Blue, Blue Beetle. Beetle. Yes, Your Excellency, and yes to you also, you gangster-controlled private secretary. i call the police, Your Excellency. This is an impudent is well, where you are, Jennings. I want you and the governor to hear something. But I have no time for things like this. I've got to get some rest. Besides, this is highly regular. Yes, but an innocent man's life is at stake. In 20 minutes, Stanley Rogers may be dead. Unless you sign a say of execution, Your Excellency. But there's no reason, no new evidence. Here's new evidence, Your Excellency, right here. In this little black box. This portable recording device. Listen. Listen.
2: Yeah, this is Maroney.
1: Say, listen, you ain't letting anybody get through to the governor, are you? What? That's right. I keep everybody away from the governor. You know what'll happen to you if someone gets to him with a plea for a stay of execution. What's this? Well, see that you
2: keep on the job. You're the governor's private secretary. Oh, it's Kenny. Easy. Well, i, I keep quiet, Okay. But remember, if Rogers don't burn, it'll be just too bad for you. Bye-bye. The Blue Beagle. Yes, the Blue Beagle. Now, well, what do you
1: want, masquerader? Murderer of that Doylson. Oh, yeah? Well, you've got the wrong address. You want the state penitentiary. You shot Doylson, Maroney. Yeah. How are you going to prove it? With the bullet that killed Doyleson and your gun
2: there. You think so? Well, I'll just give you a taste of this gun like I gave do Doylson. <laughs> Effort. I shall not want.
1: He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. Oh, no,
2: no, no. I don't want to die. Steady, son, steady. Oh, all right, father.
1: I'm all right now. It was just the type of Master, pilot, faster an innocent man's life at his feet. He leadeth me in the path of righteousness, for his name's sake. Sit here, my son. Adjust the straps. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I... Master driver, after an innocent man is at stake. I shall fear no evil. For thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff Ten seconds. They comfort me. The blue beetle! Blue beetle. Oh. Yes, the blue beetle, with a reprieve from the governor. What sort of a ghastly joke is this? This is no joke, Warden. The blue beetle comes as the messenger of justice. Here, take this paper. You'll find it the bona fide stay of execution, signed by the governor of this state. But I don't understand. You're about to electrocute the wrong man, Warden. Hanley Rogers is innocent. The real murderer is on his way here, under police escort. I hope you'll have the guest chamber ready for him. Good night, gentlemen. The Blue Beetle's job is done. <laughs> of time, the Blue Beetle saved an innocent man from death in the electric chair. Only ten seconds between death and life, for a foolish lad who liked to gamble. Later in Dr. Franz's little apothecary shop, patrolman Dan Garrett is discussing certain features of the case with Dr. Franz. What did Pat Sullivan, the ballistic expert, find when he checked the murder bullet? The murder bullet was fired from a gun I took from the room. But that still doesn't account for the fact that the gun Rogers thought he fired at Dorison showed that a bullet had been fired from one chamber. Well, I hopped over to Dorison's apartment before I came here. There's a bullet embedded in the woodwork behind the piano. I phoned the inspector, and he's sending someone over to investigate and make photographs. Then you think... fired that bullet into the wall out of the gun Rogers dropped after he ran from the apartment. I see. Maroney must have shot Dorson with his gun from the door of the bedroom as Rogers was pointing his gun at Dorson. That's correct. And in the emotional stress of the moment, Rogers believed he himself actually fired the shot. Yes, Maroney realized that and framed Rogers. Uh, shameful, shameful. And to think that the governor's secretary was involved in this. Well, he was in fear of his life. He didn't dare cost up Maroney. Well, Danny, you've done a fine night's work. You'd better get some rest. Yes, Doc. I can use it. Well, so long. I'll see you later. Dan Garrett is going to put the Blue Beetle to bed. And so the Blue Beetle has done another noble deed. Saved a life and brought a murderer to justice. What will his next adventure be in his crusade against crime? That question will be answered in the next episode of The Blue Beetle.
0: You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media.
1: Behind a strange mask and a suit of impenetrable blue chain armor. Towns throughout the country, there are certain individuals who claim to have supernatural powers. Mediums who claim that through them the dead speak. Only a few have firmly believed in their supernatural power and endeavor to use it for good. Even they have been exploited for dishonest purposes by unscrupulous individuals and groups of individuals. As the story opens, and Dan Garrett, who in secret is really the Blue Beetle, is discussing the fortune-telling racket with his friend and confidence. Dr. Block. Tell me, Danny. Why is it the district attorney hasn't done something about this situation? Well, in the first place, it's hard to get witnesses to testify against these fortune tellers and mediums. In the second place, what can witnesses testify to? Why, uh, why uh, that they were told that the they may take an ocean voyage or uh, meet a blonde man who would be the great love of their life? Can't put anybody in jail for that. No, I suppose not. That isn't a part of this record that causes the police and the district attorney concern. Well, what does? You see, when a person starts going to fortune tellers, he or she is a marked man or woman. He or she is registered, as it were, by a great ring. Registered? Ring? Yes. Everything about the client is noted by the fortune teller. The assistant notes the wearing apparel, its quality, style, where purchase, and so on.
2: Traits of character
1: are weighed, and measured. Clients are uh, urged to talk about themselves. Possible names and addresses are secured. All this information goes into a central bureau. Tabulated and cross-indexed so, you to future left mind that's my soul. I had no idea such an elaborate system existed. <laughs> sure, there's
2: a regular ring that
1: controls the record. But what about spiritualism and mediums? Are the so-called mediums part of this record? Most of them. They constitute the most dangerous part of the record. How do you mean? Well, when they get hold of a client, some susceptible individual who believes it's possible to talk to the loved one who died, they work on that individual's mind influence that individual to commit acts he or she would never think of committing left alone. What's the connection between fortune tellers and me? Fortune tellers, they got easy money. And if considered worthwhile material to work on, they're engregled into visiting a spiritualist or a to sit in on the trail. My, 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 People are so gullible. Yes, they are. They have to be protected from themselves. And somebody's in the store. I'll be back in a minute. Probably Mike Manigan. If it is, send him back.
2: Hey, hello, no Doc. Daddy, that man of a dude, you're in the speak? <laughs> yes,
1: Danny's back in the lab
2: for trouble, eh? cooking up a witch's crew of some sort. Yeah. you mind if I go in? No, oh, no,
1: go right back Officer to Hello, Mike. Hello, Hello Mike. Daddy.
2: Are you, Are you ready, ready to visit the need you? Ready and
1: waiting. Hey, you look very smart in your city.
2: Yeah, I think you're a nice and good. never
1: just very <laughs> cops in these, but... How about that? My, My wind blown bob and your red face. You don't look like bookkeepers. Uh, where are you two boys going? To, a sea and... I mean, Yes, we're going to talk with the dead. Uh, Who's the medium? Well, he calls himself Professor Windsor. Uh, where is the sea on Steam Hill? Windsor house out on Elm Street. You know, that old place that sits back on the street? Yes, I know it. Uh, people used to say it was awful. not Nothing place. Well,
2: uh, come on, patrolman Garrett. Uh, uh,
1: pardon me. Uh, Mr. Garrett, uh, you go ahead, Mike. I want to ask Doc something. I'll be looking in the room. Okay, I work out front for you. Say, Doc, can I borrow your x ray camera with a special infrared lens? Oh, certainly, Daddy. I'll get it. What can I carry there? Thanks, Daddy. Just put it in your stick piece. Thanks, Doc. I'll see you later. Yep, the spirits don't get me.
2: Monster another part of the city. An
1: interesting discussion is being held. Banker James Henley is talking with his son, John, and his nephew, William. I want you, John, and you, William, to accompany me to the science, Professor Windriff. May he be able to communicate with my my dead son, Rodney. Oh, Dad, it's all a fake. This spiritualism and medium and such stuff. I don't believe Professor Windriff or anybody else can communicate with the dead. Well, I do. You only have to take one look at Professor to know that he's unusual. He has that faraway expression that psychic people have. Oh, Oh, nonsense! William is right, John. Professor Windriff is gifted beyond most mortals. I'm sure he will be able to communicate with my elder son who was killed in Spain. Perhaps Rodney will be able to advise me in my financial affairs. He was always so right about things... And I'm getting old and I need his advice. Yes, and I'm sure his advice will still be good, Uncle James. Yes, William. I'm glad you have the right attitude toward these things. Well, let's get started to the seance. The sooner we get there, the sooner it will be over. <laughs> Who's going to be out at Winderth's place, Addie? Not sure. Charlie Storm with his son told me that Banker Henley's a frequenter of Winderth's seances. Well, how, uh, how are we going to get in there? Charlie got me two cards from a girlfriend of his. With a hostess in one of, of those gypsy tea Do you think that's your us? I don't know, but let me do the talking. You just keep still and look psychic. And how does a guy look when he looks psychic? Just uh, straight at everything and everybody. Just as if you were looking through them at the immortal spheres. That's the way I look when i get hit on the head. Well, uh, I'll start you one before we go in, if that'll help. Yeah, uh, never mind. <laughs> I can look psychic without your help. <laughs> okay. That's the house ahead. Yeah, it's a pleasant looking spot for a murder. Are you here? No, I didn't bring a gun. Well, I did. And if any goes to the Spirit ask game with me, I'm going to use it. Now, well, here we are. Come on, Mike, and remember to look psychic. Okay, Daddy. Good evening. Are you expected? We have cards. Very good. You come in, please. You stay
2: on to the Thank you. Uh, who are you, gentlemen? You have cards, sir.
1: Are you Professor Windruth? Yes, I am. Uh, this is Mr. Michael P. Manigan, and I'm Mr. Uh, Norton Garrett. We were recommended to you by the gypsy tea room. My friend here is psychic. Oh, I see. Well, uh, come in, gentlemen. They're right in here. Uh, this is Mr. James Henley, the banker. His son, John, and his nephew, William. Mr.
2: Menninger, and
1: Mr. Mr. Now, will you all take seats, please? You and Mr. Menninger, sit here, Mr. Garth. Thank you. We sit in a circle and hold hands. Uh, Mr. Henley, you'll sit here yes. on my left. Please, Mr. Garth and me. John, you sit on my right, and William, you sit next to your garden, John, between him and Mr. Member.
2: we go. This is
1: a lot of poppy cars. John, John, be quiet. If you, you don't, don't want th- to sit th- in, leave the room. Oh, all right, Father. I'll keep quiet. I'm afraid your son is not in a receptive mood, Mr. Henley. Oh, no, he'll be all right, Professor. He's young, that's all. Thanks. Now, we'll each take the hand of the persons on either side of us, and I'll put the lights out with this switch in the floor at my feet. Quiet, everybody. Relax. Vanish thoughts of this mundane world. And let your mind wander out into the infinite. What was that sound? My oh, teeth chattering.
2: Father. Father.
1: Say, is that you, Rodney, my son? Yes,
2: Father. Let them you Speak to me, speak to me, Rodney, are you well? I cannot rest. A heavy burden lies on my soul. What is the burden on your soul, Rodney? My brother John does not love you. Only William loves you. That's a lie. William is a crook. This seance is.
1: Switch on those lights. What happened? Here? John, John, what's wrong? We're nine oh, What happened? What happened? Oh, look, oh, oh, look, my son John, there on the floor. Stand back, everybody. again cover those sections. He's dead, all right. Stabbed in the back. Wait a minute, what is this? Who are you to give orders in my house? Sholin Van Garrett. My psychic friend is Officer Mannequin. And if anybody attempts to leave this room, this gun of mine will speak. And it won't be a psychic message either. Headquarters, Danny. This is a case of murder. An hour later, back at the little apothecary shop of Dr. Franz, Dan Garrett and Dr. Franz are examining two photographs which have just been developed. Now, Doc, this is the first one I snapped on the X-ray camera it shows the interior of the room where the séance was held. Uh, what, what's that? What's that dark spot there on the wall? Uh, hmm. It looks like a like a loudspeaker behind you a large painting. Uh, that's probably where the voice came from. That old man Henley thought was the voice of his dead son Rodney. Yeah, uh, he was uh, the old man's favorite son. He volunteered to fight in Spain uh, and was killed in battle. Uh, let's, let's see the other photograph. Right? Uh, I, I took this one just as John said. This is a lie shows the group seated in a circle. Look, uh, uh, look there. It's the murderer. His hand is clutching the dagger. Raised the strike. It even shows the cotton he wrapped around the hip to avoid leaving mm-hmm. fingerprints. photograph alone will convict the murderer of John Henley. Are you going to you call, call police headquarters to go? hold? they hold on. We may not be able to run the higher-ups to the racket. To oh, then you think the murderer of John Henley was not the top man. No, oh, no. He was just part of the ring brains of the racket are higher up, but they should have realized that John Henry's death would down the police on their neck. Somebody made a missed cube there. I don't think the ring planned John death. What do you think their plan was? Simply to use the dead son Rodney's fake voice to work on the old man and influence him to let his nephew William advise him, and in time persuade him to make William his heir. But why? William is probably being used by this gang of racketeers. The old man should die, leaving his last fortune to William... And William would be blackmailed into coming across with a large sum of money to the racketeers. Mm, what the devilish things evil minds can think of. Yes. Oh, by the way, Doc, put those negatives in a safe place. Uh, they'll be safe with me, Danny. All right. Well, the Blue Beetle is going into action on this gang of crooked buzzards. Well, what are you going to do? The Blue Beetle is paying several visits tonight. before another day, John, the spiritualist racket will be smashed. <laughs> murderer of John Henley. What will the Blue Beetle discover at Professor Windrip's residence? Whose warped mind is behind all these fiendish schemes to prey upon honest but superstitious and ignorant persons? All through the night speeds the Blue Beetle is crusade against crime. <laughs>
0: tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media.
1: In another part of the city, a man is issuing orders to his subordinates. A dark, sinister-looking man, whose tight-lipped smile has no mercy. His business is creating spirits. Spirit of those who have departed. Well, that last batch of clock you bought me was certainly cheap. My old nature makes better ectoplasm than that dump. Yeah, but the cheap, boss. Never mind the alibi. Write it in and get some antenna. Clark? Yes, sir. Are you still recording famous voices off the air? Yes, sir. Okay. Be my secretary and get a list of the 400 best families. Yes, sir. Come on, a moment at a time. Please consult them the idea of having each voice in the family recorded as a memento for their relatives after they pass on. Make copies of each. We can use them in our seance. Now, right away, sir. Good. As you go out, tell Sweeney and Maintenance to order two dozen more loudspeaker sets through my radio stores. Fifty dozen crystal balls and 75 cases of playing cards. Right away, sir. Make your sense for me, Chief. Yes. Now, look, my apple-cheek little trigger man. Professor Windriff told me that he has reason to suspect that some photographs were taken at his seance tonight by Patrolman Dan Garrett. The negatives may still be in his possession, or they may be in the possession of Dr. Franz that runs that little apothecary shop. I want those photographs. Okay, Chief, I'll get them. If you meet with resistance, let your conscience be your guide. I got you, Chief. My trigger thing is awful nervous tonight. Right. It must be the weather. The perfect patrol, L.G. Your men. Oh, hello, L.G. This is certainly a terrible state of affairs. When did the cops release you? Just now. Someone bailed us all out and I came right to you. I'll bet you left the trail a mile wide. No. I changed trains three times in the subway. Walked through Ralph's department store and then to a the taxi here. Good. Well, what do you advise me to do? My business is good. Your business. Huh. You should have thought of that before you killed John Henley. I killed him. You mean we? I mean you. William wouldn't have the nerve. But William hated his cousin. He was sitting right next to him. And so were you. What made you think so? A little slurred, told I got five down at police, headquarters. They heard the questioning of your people by the police. Oh, yes. Oh. They said you were playing up to old man Henley. Well. I'll say. You aren't figuring on trying to double-cross me on this, are you? Why, no, LG, I assure you. you better not if you know what's good for you. And what about those two policemen, Mannigan and Garrett? They'll be taken care of. When the case comes up for trial, they won't be there to testify. Hey, yes, but the photographs. I'm sure I heard the click of a camera during the seance. It almost dark, wasn't it? It's black. Okay. But you don't have to worry. I'll leave everything to me. Now, what do you think I'd better do now? Go out to your place and play dumb. I'll be out there later, since I've had a talk with William Henley. He'll probably spend a few days on his uncle's yacht. In the meantime, I've got my men guarding everybody concerned. I imagine the Blue Beagle will stick his nose into this. And if he does, it'll be just too bad for Mr. Blue (laughs) Beagle. I don't think you killed your cousin, John. I didn't. I swear I didn't. Well, okay. Now, you just take it easy. Lay up here, Uncle, and you'll be the white-haired boy. He always believed anything his son, Rodney, told him. But this is murder. What
2: about We're that? We're going
1: to let Professor Winthrop take the rap. He's all watched up with us. I see. Later, you will introduce your uncle to another medium. You'll go to work on him again. In your favor. You'll be his heir. Yes, but he may live a long time, and I need money now.
2: My creditors are hounding me, and I can't wait. Re- now, take it.
1: take it easy. Just as soon as he makes a will in your favor, he'll meet with an accident. You mean? He'll Look. be talking with his dead son, Rodney, directly. Very
2: clever
1: scheme, but it won't work. Blue oh, the Blue Beetle. Yes, the Blue Beetle, and he's going to nip. And I let have an Go ahead. Shoot. Your bullets can't injure the Blue Beetle. But he will lay it, will... Good work, that's good work. You know a mean the pin. Sounds like a light. What do I do? Yeah, tie him up. Wave his body with an anchor and toss him overboard. Okay, L.G. Well, Mr. Fleet, you're going for a night, yeah. And you ain't
2: coming
1: back. Hey, aren't you a, a bit ruthless, L.G.? In my racket, you have to be. Now, you be a good boy and we'll all be ready. Well, what are you going to do now? I'm going ashore. Mr. Windrip is going to have a caller and get a big surprise. All right, Gertie, I'm going to get some sleep. This has been a very trying evening. Uh, Yes, sir, very good, sir. Did you dismantle and hide the phonograph equipment and records? Uh, Yes, sir. Everything's been taken care of. Uh, will you be sleeping late in the morning, sir? Yes, sir. And uh, call me about noon. Oh, very good, sir. But, good heavens. Oh, Who can that be at this time of night? Well, uh, I see, sir. It might be Mr. L.T., as you call him. Uh, what do you do, sir? You know, the master's just regarding... Well, this, you sir. see me. Ah. Oh. Oh, there you are. Oh, yes. Uh, what have you found out, L.G.? Little Beetle paid a visit to Henley's yacht while I was talking with William Henley. Well, how did you get rid of him? He's bathing in the south with a 50-pound anchor tied to his feet. Great. Yes, he was in the way. Just as you're in my way, Professor Windrup. What, what, what do you mean? You're awful, Professor. You almost cleared our racket. I can't wait for the law to take its course. Besides, you might still believe... Oh, no! I'm I'm taking no damage. I'm going to close your mouth right...
2: Drop that, John i G. I'll
1: blast you with my next ray. A blue beetle. Yes, the blue beetle. You must be a strong spinner, blue beetle. I am, and I learned a few tricks from Houdini. Otherwise, I'd be lying at the bottom of the sound. Get him, Gherkin! Get him from behind! Oh, Oh, no, you don't! Not this time, Girkin. The blue beetle's on the alert. And here's one for you, Professor (laughs) Windrip. Where there is... Now I'll take that gun, LG. Certainly, Clotillo. Here it is, my right it. <laughs> oh, just a little jujitsu. Now I've got the gun. What are you going to do? You've got nothing on me. Oh no. I swam back to the yacht after I freed myself from the anchor rope. Had a little talk with William. Was he surprised to see me? He is going to talk and talk plenty. He can't prove who killed John Henley. But the photographs, Dan Garrett took at the seance can. What do you know about those photographs? Blue Beetle knows everything. Now listen Blue Beetle. Those photographs will never be shown in any trial. Pudgy is saying to that, what do you mean? Pudgy's my trigger man. I sent him to interview Dan Garrett's friend, Dr. Franz, the chemist. If the photographs are there, he'll get them or else. Open it door and I'll
2: break it in.
1: Well, Mr. L.G., the law's caught up with you. Your racket's smashed, and you'll burn along with Professor Windrock, Yet I won't. I'll see the chair with his voice. No, you don't. The law's going to send you and the murder of Professor Windrock where you can't cause any more harm. <laughs>
2: all right, now, all right.
1: Well,
2: if it is, the Blue Beetle,
1: Professor Windrock and the Limey servant. what a heart. And who's this? That's L.G., the ringleader of the gang. Just tried to take poison, and I hit him. Here, Mannegan, catch this gun. What? That's okay, Blue Beetle. Sorry to leave so suddenly. Hey, wait a minute, Blue Beetle. You're under arrest. Hang hey! oh, if the Blue Beetle didn't dive out of the window? Well, boy, slip the handcuffs on these babies and we'll take them along. I'll catch the Blue Beetle the next time. <laughs> caught and turned over to the police, several racketeers. But what about Doc Franz and the photograph? What has happened to them? Has Pudgy carried out the orders of his chief, the infamous LG? Let's hurry back to the little apothecary shop of Dr. Franz. Doc, what Franz? Where are you? Hello, Danny. Why, what's your hurry? Are you all right? Never felt better in my life. What's what, the done, then? Did, did Pudgy... Uh, Rosie Cheeks is another confident gentleman called earlier tonight... Uh, I was in my laboratory at the time. Well, what happened? He mentioned something about some photographs. He was rather insistent that I give them to him. Did he? Did yes, he pointed a gun at me. What did you do? Squirted a syringe full of concentrated ammonia in his eyes. Good. Where is he now? I tied him up to keep him from playing with my chemicals in there. Oh, that's great. And the photographs are safe. Yeah. Everything's under control. Ah, fine. Those photographs will convict Professor Wingrup of young Henley's murder, and William's testimony will take care of LG. Oh. What does LG stand for, Danny? According to Williams, LG stands for live ghost, the man behind the spirit. Well, if you'll excuse me, Doc, I'm going to turn in. The Blue People's had a very busy night. <laughs> Oh, all loose threads were tied together. And another racket smash thanks to Dan Garrett, Mike Madigan, Dr. Brand, and the Blue Beetle. What new adventure awaits the Blue Beetle? This question will be answered in the next episode of the Blue Beetle. <laughs> sums of money are bet each year on horse races. Enormous sums of money are won and lost each year on horse races. And where enormous sums of money are involved, clever crooks will be ever scheming to divert some of that money into their dishonest hands. As our story opens, patrolman Dan Garrett is discussing with his friend and confidant, Dr. Franz the chemist, a recent death at a nearby racetrack and its possible ramifications. But, Danny, what makes you think Buddy Winston's death was murder? Something that jockey said before he died in the hospital. Uh, what was that? He said, say goodbye to the real White Star for me. He's a thoroughbred. White Star was the name of the horse he has been riding for some time? Yes. He's owned by the B&T stable. But he rode for them. Is White Star a thoroughbred? Well, if he is. He hasn't raced like one. He's been running down at Greenwood. But so far, he hasn't won a race this season. In fact, he hasn't even been in the money. Everyone calls him a dog. Being in the money means coming in first, second, third, or fourth, doesn't it? That's right. And now he's being brought up here to Parkingham Racetrack. Yeah. Mm Hmm. Uh, But tell me, Danny, why did Buddy Winston's last words make you feel he was murdered? His body was found in that wild stallion front of Mike's stall. Apparently he'd been kicked in the head by the stallion. Yes, but what was he doing in the stallion stall? He had no business there. That horse belonged to the Williams Stables. This horse race business is beyond me. Some horses run around in a circle, and one of them wins, and a few people win some money, and a lot of people lose some money. <laughs> well, that's just about right, Doc. And uh, what are you going to do about Buddy Winston's death? First, get Mike Madigan, and run out to the racetrack and look around. The big race is on today, isn't it? Yeah, and White Star has ended. And what chance I he? Many of the horses in the race are top-flight thoroughbreds, aren't they? According to the oh. newspapers. Well, Danny, If there's something crooked going on, I know you will find it out and be in there investigating. You bet. It's my duty to uphold the law and bring every crook to justice. Uh, Be careful, Danny. Be careful, and Good luck, boys. Good luck. Thanks, Doc. So long. I'm going to find out what makes White Star twinkle. As I see it, Danny... Jockey Winston knew too much about something crooked in this horse racing business and was bumped off to keep his mouth shut. That's my theory, too. But what do you figure he knew? Oh, some crooked work in connection with White Star. What, that dog? Say me, boy. That horse couldn't run fast enough to keep his feet warm. That's what everybody thinks. I've got a hunch he's booked to win this race today. Oh, don't make me laugh, Danny. <laughs> He ain't been in the money this season, and against thoroughbreds like Sassafras and Blue and San Simeon, <laughs> he'll look like he's running backwards. <laughs> uh, just the same. I've got a hunch he'll win. Yes, but take my advice. Don't back that hunch with a real money bet. Don't worry. I don't play the races. it. I like to see horses run, but I don't bet on them. Well, Here we are. Uh, you go get the tickets while I pass the car. Okay, Mike. Two for the grandstand, please. don't need no tickets, officer. Eight mile past you in. Oh, thanks, but I'm off duty. I prefer to buy tickets. Okay, five bucks for two. Uh, That's right. Hey, uh, Daddy. Did you get the tickets? Yeah,
2: here we are. Let's go this way.
1: Hey, uh, how about a cold drink, Daddy?
2: There are no thanks,
1: Mike. What? I'm going to stroll around this paddock and see what gossip I can pick up. Okay, I'll hold for you up in, the, in the section C. Far throw up. It's to be near the finish line. All right, Mike. Uh, I'll be back before the big race. Hello. You the jockey that's riding White Star today? Yeah, that's right. Your name's Jessup? Yeah. Mine's Garrett. Coleman Dan Garrett. Anything wrong, officer? Oh, no, no. I'm not here to arrest anyone. I like horses, so I thought I'd come down here and look around. Oh. Is that, uh, that white star there? Yeah, that's him. He's a beauty. Certainly is. Can he run? Like a streak. What's been holding him back? Well, I don't know. I ain't never ridden him in a race. Winston used to ride him. Oh, that's right. I suppose he gets his name from that, uh, white star on his forehead. Yep. Well, good luck today. Thanks, Victor. Just a minute, officer. Yes? here in the official capacity? Oh no, just shaking hands with the horses. Well, don't be talking to my jockeys or fooling around with horses before a race. Are you the owner of White Star? I represent the owners. Oh, I see. Think he'll win today? Looking for a tip. Maybe. Well, don't put your money on White House star. No? Well, you're a jockey here, and yeah, thinks. Never mind what he thinks. It's a ride, not to think. I tell you, put your money on some other horse. White star isn't ready yet. New track. I see. Okay. Well, goodbye, Jessup, and good luck. And uh, thanks for that tip, mister. It's a sure thing I won't bet on White Star. Well, there's
2: Philly the Fred, number one. He's a nice-looking
1: filly. No filly will win this race. It's for my money. Yeah. What about White Star? That dog, oh, don't make me laugh. San Simeon likes the distance. Anything can happen in a mile and an eight. Yeah, I'm taking a long shot. $2.50 to one on White Star ain't peanuts. If you win. In an eight-horse race like this one, he ain't got a chance. He cuts up so much at the post, he may even be left. And uh, look, you are at the post. oh Grets sure looks good. San Simeon's nervous. Lummeter don't like the number four spot. White star's pretty steady. Stands there like a thorough Come on, come on.
2: Come on, come on. That's not fast. Out in front. Watch that
1: horse coming through next to the rail. Number seven. Rainy day. Boy, look at him come.
2: San simian's dropping back. Where's my horse? Fast. He's moving up. He's fast San simian. He's almost naked and with with rainy day. That's a fast first. Blue second. Rainy Day third. White Star fourth. At the quarter, Sam Simeon's out of it.
1: Look. Oh, White Star's facing Rainy Day. Well, what do you know about that? Yeah. He's moving up on Louis and Yeah. Blue and can't stand the pace. I told you no Philly'd win this, race.
2: Come on, White Star. Come on, show him how. Well, I'll be. He's I mean, fast, to surprised at the parkhouse. How
1: do you send boy, boy, oh boy, a hundred bucks, I right? wife. Mm-hmm. Ah, the race ain't over yet. It is for you guys. Look at White Star coming down the stretch. Come on, White
2: Star. Come on, baby. Get dust in their braces. Come on, White Star, let right up, baby. It's a walk away.
1: What did you think of the race? White Star certainly ran like a thoroughbred. Yeah, he sure did that. Say, the bookies must have cleaned That's up. Why? Well, nobody was betting on White Star. All the big money was on the favorites. I have a hunch that the owners of White Star had plenty of money bet on their horse. And what makes you think that? I figured they'd be as surprised as anybody else. The man I met at the stables while I was talking to Jockey Jetson was too anxious to have me bet on some other horse. I'm suspicious of him. He represents the owners. Well, why didn't you tell me? I'd have placed a bet on White Star. I didn't think of it at the time. Hey, uh, you can let me out here, Mike. I'm going to drop in on Dark Friends. Okay. Yeah, well, I may have a look into this case, monsieur. It don't smell right to me. Well, keep your eye open for the blue beetle. Oh, him. Ah, uh, someday I'll hook him. If you do, let me know. I will, not. Well, good night, Mike. Good night, Daddy. Oh, hello. Hello, Danny. And how were the races? Oh, great. Some fine horses running. I heard some of it over the radio. White Star was a great surprise. Yes, and I can't quite figure it out. Something's wrong somewhere. Why? Well, a horse as good as White Star couldn't run as poorly as he has in the past. You can't disguise class. Wait a minute. Disguise? That's it. You got something, Danny? Almost. Say, I wonder if... Oh, no, it's fantastic. Uh, Excuse me, Danny. Yes. Oh, yes, yes, he's here. Just a minute. It's for you, Danny. Uh, a young lady's voice. Oh, thanks. Hello? Yes. Yeah. Who? Millie Jessup. Oh, the jockey's sister. Yes. What? Oh, I see. When did it happen? Yes, I certainly will. Where? Yes, I'll be there in 15 minutes. Goodbye something important, Danny? Yes, Doc. That was Jessup's sister on the phone. You know the jockey who wrote White Star? I met him today. He's been arrested on some trumped-up charge. He remembered me and asked her to call me. Pray to call me himself. you think it has anything to do with the race this afternoon? I'm sure of it. Well, so long, Doc. I'm going down to headquarters. The Blue Beetle may fly tonight, so I'll be back later for the Blue Beetle chain armor and mass. I'll be here and have everything ready, Danny. Thanks, Doc. Goodbye. <laughs> Tell me all about it, Miss Jessup.
2: Well, just after the race today when Eddie, my brother, was changing his clothes, he overheard a conversation that led him to believe that White Star was going to be shipped to another track tonight. Well,
1: White Star is supposed to race in the Alice Whiteman Memorial Stakes here next Saturday? That's right. So my brother went to Mr.
2: Gottschalk, who represents the B&T staples, and asked him about what he overheard. What
1: did Gottschalk say? He
2: told Eddie his ears were too big. Hmm. A little later, somebody went to the race pack, Stuart, and claimed that they'd been robbed of some diamond couplings. A search was made, and they were found in
1: Eddie's locker. But I know he didn't do it, Mr. Garrett. I'm positive he did it. Eddie isn't that kind of a boy. Oh, now, now, Miss Jess, don't get excited. I'm sure this is a frame-up to get your brother out of the way for a while.
2: He was afraid to talk to you himself, so he asked me to. That
1: was wise. There's crooked work going on somewhere, and I'm going to find out what it is. What are you going to do? Talk it over with. Someone who will clear up this racehorse mystery. And if it's a crooked racket, he'll smash it in quick order. (laughs) What is the explanation of Jockey Jessup's arrest? Why is White Star to be transported to another track? How can a losing horse be made into a thoroughbred overnight? Will Dan Garrett solve the mystery, or will he turn the job over to the Blue Beetle?
3: Process.
0: Ooh, yeah, tell do something right here, aha! Uh-huh. It's the Loot Crate subscription box, yeah! With an exclusive loot box surprises, prizes not you your door every month! Just pick up your favorite geeky genre, daddy! Uh-huh. <laughs> From the original Loot Crate, the Loot Crate DX collectible boxes, dude! Cowabunga! To the Loot Gaming video game box! Woohoo! Woo! To the with, today, huh? with starting as large as 11 mile mandalorian per month, those are facts just about for all co To get your geek on, head over to phoenixmedia.us forward slash loot crate and claim your exclusive offer! That's F-E-N-I-X-Media.us forward slash loot crate! Great Scott! Snap into a loot crate! Dig it. You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media.
1: In another part of the city, interesting instructions are being given over the telephone. Oh, look, Spinelli, you're clever with the paintbrush. You've done a swell job on that horse brush kept him looking like a real white star. Yeah. They were bred to have the same confirmation. He may not be able to run like him, but he sure looks like him. But... Yeah, yeah, I know. I know it was difficult. But you're getting paid plenty. Now, here's what I want you to do. We're shipping white star to a little track in the south. And I want you to disguise him so that no one... Where is the Blue Beetle flying tonight? Out to the racetrack. But there's no horse racing at night. No, but there's a horse moving.
2: The Blue Beetle is going to find out why.
1: Well, be careful, Danny. I, uh, I inspected your blue chain armor and mask. It seems in perfect condition. Thanks, God. Taking anything along besides your magic ray and Blue Beetle spotlight? No, just well, a little paint remover. Paint remover? Yes. I've got a hunch a little paint remover may come in handy to remove the disguise. I hope you're successful. Otherwise. Well, so long, Doc. We'll be through this off to the racetrack. Hey, Mitch, pull a horse van in here and park. Okay. I'll soft foot of it into the stables and see if Spinelli's finished with Blake Star. If he has, I'll give you the old hoot Yeah. What then? I'll come running with White Star and we'll lead him up into the chucks. Okay. Now keep your motor running. As soon as we get him loaded, we'll hide them out. I got you. Okay. Come on, we let the loading ramp down. You take the other side. Yeah. I got it. Now ease him down. <laughs> ah, that's cut it. Now remember to keep your motor running. Ah, don't worry. I've done this before. Okay. I'll be back as soon as I can. Easy, White Star, easy. Soon you look like Sagebrush, the dog. He's gonna look like you, but he's gonna run like you. Wait, easy, boy, easy. Yeah. A little more pain on the forehead, and nobody's know you, White Star. Everybody thinks you're just a dog. Your boss, is gonna make up plenty money on you. Every time you race, you get other me. You look like other offs. How you come, Mr. Nellis? You look know, frightened me. You probably. Yeah. I got the horse van down the road. White Star ready to go.
2: Yes.
1: How does he look? Move your lantern over this way. Say, that's a swell job. Nobody would recognize him. You're an artist, Benelli. Yes, Rinelli,
2: The great artist. I am here. Shh.
1: The... Don't the... A glim. Somebody's coming. Look. Look at the wall. Yeah. A spotlight for a beetle.
2: Large...
1: Yes, the Blue Beetles. Beat it, Masquerader, before I treasure. Go ahead and shoot. Draw every stable boy and guard in the place here. Hey, All right, Froggy. Right, okay. What do you want? I want to cut in on this racket. But I'll expose you. Oh, yeah? Well, I ain't the boss in this racket. You have to see gut, show. All right. Wait for the roof, boys. It's the law. Mike Mannequin. That dumb copper. Yes, it's Officer Mannequin, and he ain't so dumb. So, Blue Beetle, you want to chisel in on this racket, eh? You have sharp ears, Mannequin. Listen, copper. If you're wise, you'll put up that gun and forget you ever saw us. The boss will pay plenty to keep this quiet. It's a gold mine. Oh, yeah? Well, I ain't prospecting for gold. I'm gunning for racketeers. Well, you ain't gonna get this one. That uh, for you, Copper. And this is for you, Duke. Uh, good boy, Spinelli. Got the blue beetle with the lantern. Hey, Luke. Huh? Luke, the lantern, she's a broke. She's a set fire to this straw. Hey, hey, what's going on
2: in there? Fire! Fire! Somebody turn into your mouth. Fire! Right. Hey, Here, Spinelli. Help me toss the blue beetle over to that stall.
1: All right. <laughs> That'll be the end of Mr. Blue Beagle. He'll bring up with the stable, I hope. Hey, what's about these office the of money? Throw him on your back and bring him out to the van. Look up off a bridge somewhere. Oh, he's very heavy. Okay, okay, I'll take him. You leave
2: White Star out. Mitch is waiting down the road with a motor on it. Come on, come on, make it snappy. Now, oh, here we go.
1: certainly had narrow escape that time. Yes. Spinelli hit me from behind with a lantern and knocked me unconscious. When I came to, I was in a water tank next to what had been White Star's store. The whole place was ablaze. But how did you escape burning to death? The asbestos lining you made for my Blue Beetle armor saved me. Oh, yes. Yes, I remember. I made it so if some racketeer happened to get a hold of your electric ray gun, he couldn't burn you to death in your Blue Beetle armor. That's right. Oh, by the way, uh, what became of Lannigan? Didn't you say he was there? Yes, but a bug named Froggy knocked him out. I didn't see anything of him afterward. Did you see the morning paper? No. What did they have to say about the fire? Uh, Yeah, immediately. Fire caused considerable damage to stables at Parking and Racetrack last night. Several horses were burned. First, it was thought White Star had been burned. But later, the sensational stakes winner was found in one of the stables, not touched by the fire. He is booked to run in the Alice Whiteman Memorial Stakes on Saturday. Say something's rotten somewhere. What what do you mean? The White Star was in the part of the stable deferring last night, but he was disguised by a coat of paint. I caught one of the crooks the crooks at work. It says they're in the paper. Oh, no, but if those crooks can disguise one horse, they can disguise another. Well, what are you going to do? Go out and have a look at this white star. Just a minute, Danny. I see who's out front in the store. Oh, hello, Doc. Is Danny here. Yes, yes. yes he, he's in the back. My Mike, Mike. You have quite a cut on your chin. Yeah, sure. Uh, a horse kicked me last night. Hello, Mike. What's this about a horse kicking you? Oh, hello, Danny. Uh, y- yes. You see, I was investigating this white star case, and I got kicked by a horse. Oh, that's too bad. Hey, but you're just in time. I'm going out to the track myself. Why don't you come along? Maybe you can find the uh, horse that kicked you and arrest him. Uh, yeah, uh, That's a good idea. Uh, come on, though. Let's go. I got the car outside. Goodbye, Doc. If I find out what I expect to find, the Blue Beetle will fly again tonight. Uh, Danny, uh, would you like to try out the portable television set? It's ready for a test. Oh, that's great. I'll pick it up when I come back to my Blue Beetle chain armor and there. Well, goodbye. Goodbye and good luck. have been made, gentlemen. Sagebrush, guy's as white star will race in the Whiteman Memorial on Saturday and lose. Well, what about the real white star? He'll run at This guy's the sagebrush and win. He'll get long arms on him and clean up. Who's riding here on Saturday? Oh, a new jockey. It's his first big race. You will think he's riding on the real white star. What's that humming sound? Mm, maybe the electric fan in the other room. But what about Jessup? Doesn't he suspect that he's out we... on bail? But he'll be kept away from the race If he opens his mouth about anything, he'll get what we gave Winston. Well, I hope your scheme works. We've invested plenty, and we expect to realize on our investment. Don't worry, gentlemen. Your investment is safe. We've already cleaned up plenty on yesterday's race. You'll make a fortune if you let me run things. What about the policemen and the blue people that discovered Spinelli and, uh, uh, Froggy, as you call them at work? They've been disposed of. Their mouths have been closed forever.
2: What's that noise?
1: The blue beetle. come hey, to life. Yes. Too bad Buddy Winston can't be brought back to life. Murderer. I of you, you blue beetle. Go ahead and shoot, Couchard. First, look at this little black box. I'm not interested in little black boxes. You're in my way and... Every action, every word you say is being registered in this portable television set. That was the sound I heard. Yes, like an electric pan. And you were standing behind the curtain, televising everything that took place here. The police? Yes, the police. They've been receiving everything I've picked up here. The case is complete, gentlemen, with every television set owner in the city as added witnesses. The Blue Beetle was in with these troops, eh? Put the braces on them, boys. And to make doubly sure of the Blue Beetle, I'll handcuff him myself. By... Sorry to hurt you, Manigan, but the Blue Beetle has to keep his hands free. Goodbye, gentlemen. It'll be a long time before you see another horse race. <laughs> I can laugh now, Danny, when I think how you bluff those crooks. Uh, but at the time, I was worried. <laughs> yes, if I'd known you'd left that tube out of the portable television set, I'd have had to use different methods. Uh, luckily, the crooks didn't know it. They were so surprised and frightened. They made a full confession when Manning and the boys got them down to headquarters. Mm-hmm. The next time, I- I'll make a closer check. I'd have never forgiven myself if harm had come to you. Oh, forget it, Doc. You're the best friend a fellow could have. I don't know what I'd have done without your help. Oh, you'd have come through successfully just the same. Remember, celebrates always come through. And so another crooked racket was smashed by the Blue Beetle. What new assignments will the Blue Beetle set for himself in his crusade against crime? This question will be answered in the next episode of The Blue Beetle.
0: You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media.
1: gangland comes a friend of the unfortunate, enemy of criminals, a mysterious, all-powerful character, a problem to the police, but a crusade of the law. In reality, Dan Garrett, a rookie patrolman, loved by everyone, but suspected by none of being the Blue Beetle. As the Blue Beetle, he hides behind a strange map in a suit of blue-shade armor, flexible at silk but stronger than steel. To of The Blue Beetle is entitled, Mashing the Arson Ring. Numerous fires of suspicious nature have served the civil authorities to a point where a concerted drive is underway to discover who and what is back of this unprecedented wave of mysterious conflagration. Has the city's fire inspection department become obsolete? Is the increase of destructive fires in abandoned factories and old-law tenements due to coincidence? Or is an organized campaign of wholesale arson being engineered by a mastermind. As our story opens, Trowman Dan Garrett, who in secret is really the Blue Beetle, discusses the situation with his friend and competent, Dr. Franz, the chemist. And Danny, do you really believe that there's a ring of professional arsonists who are setting these plans? I'm positive. You know, we've had a long dry spell. There's such a thing as spontaneous combustion. I know that. Then on what do you base your suspicions? The fact that in each case, the burned building had been vacant for a long time or had been operating on a losing basis and was heavily insured. Upper Row Tenements on River Street. But surely the owners would be taking a terrible risk of discovery. They set them on fire. Not if I hired professional arsonists. They're pretty clever, you know. Yes, but look at the property loss. And in some cases, loss of life. The property losses in each case I've found are all covered by fire insurance. The loss of life, such as in that last tenement fire, is another thing. That's equivalent to wholesale murder. You're right, Danny. And if someone deliberately set those fires, that person should pay the extreme penalty. They will. If I can get the evidence I need to convict them. Well, what do you intend doing? I'm asking the chief to put me on special duty to investigate these mysterious fires. With Officer Manigan? Yes, if Mike wants to work on them with me. Well, he will, all right. He likes excitement as much as you do. I know. I can't stand inactivity as long as there are criminals to run down. I'll only be happy when I'm on their trail. Well, I do hope you'll always be as successful in the future as you have been in the past. I oh, there go the fire engines. That's my exit cue. Go so on, Doc. So now, on Ben Garrett, the Smoke
2: Eater. <laughs> old man brought more to the little parking house
1: with the insurance collect on this job. Yeah, he's a smart guy. He's got the right powder to blow it up. <laughs> Look, there's, there's a girl up there. That's not far window. Yeah. She's going to jump. She'll be killed if she does. Hey, don't jump. Look, there's a cop warning her not to jump. Yes. Now well, he's going right into the building. Yeah. And there's another cop going right after him. Well, they'll be turned to a in that inferno. Boy, look at the flames pouring out of that window underneath. Yeah. That like back up them babies, I guess. Look. The fireman just got a hose up that ladder. They're pouring a stream of water into the windows. Too late, I'll bet. Uh, that's the end of that cops and the girls. Yeah. Gee, what a crash. Look, look up there on the roof. Yeah, it's the two cops and the bill. Oh, what do you know about that? They went up instead of down. Just in time,
2: too. Wild well, men are sliding a ladder over to them from the hook and the ladder box. Yeah, but it won't reach. It's too short. Oh, why don't they
1: jump across to the next roof? It's too far. And it foot gas. It never makes it. The firemen could stretch a They can't fall. get near enough to the building. That fire's too hot. See, it pour out of those lower windows. I guess that's right. No, no. No, look. No. Yeah. One cop's hanging to the edge of the roof by his hands. Now the other one's crawling over him. But what are they going to do? The second cop's hanging from the first cop's feet. The... She can almost reach the ladder. Oh, there's a fireman going up the ladder. Say, the girl's climbing down over the two cups hanging there. Look out!
2: See, she almost lost hold. The fireman's got her. A... She's safe, she's safe, she's safe! She she yeah, but, see, looks like she fainted. Well, how are the two cups going to get down? I don't know. It's still hanging up there.
1: I'm not packing a hook and ladder, lot of fuck a bit. Now... Now, the end of the ladder is right under him. Got you. There he goes. He dropped.
2: He made it. He made it. He made it. He made it. Now,
1: there's only the cop hanging into the roof. He can't make it, though. Who is he? Well, looks like patrolman Dan Garrett. The other cop was murdering his town. And I all right. Yeah. But how's he going to get out of this jail? Well, look. The fire's licking up to him now. He's trying to climb back onto the roof. There he goes. He made it. How's he gonna get down from there? That's me, boy. I would like to be in his place. Hey,
2: he's
1: disappeared. Oh, there he is. He's got a Uh-oh. long pole. What's he gonna do? Pull water across to the other? Rope. Gosh, I hope he makes it.
2: There he goes. Yeah. He made it. Oh boy, he ought to get a medal for this day, work.
1: yourself at the fire today. I almost extinguished my but all I could do to hold on when Mannequin and the girl were both hanging on to me, he's no lightweight. I'm proud of you, my boy. That took nerve. You've got to have nerve to make good on the police force. I know, but you covered yourself with glory. The important thing is, I got some valuable information. From whom? The girl I rescued, Elsie Williams. Yes? I talked to her at the drugstore where the fireman took her when she fainted. She worked for Gordon, sort of a secretary and rent collector. Is that how she came to be in that building when the fire started? Yes, yeah, she was collecting rents. She told me she saw a one armed man leave the cellar entrance in a hurry. as she entered the building. Hey, what's suspicious about that? He might have been a friend of the janitor. Miss Williams told me that she'd seen him in a huddle with her employer early this morning before the fire. But that still doesn't prove anything. Oh, wait. As he left, she heard him say to Gordon, don't worry, your troubles will soon be over. We won't miss. Has Gordon been having trouble of some sort? Yes, financial trouble. Losing money on his houses. He also has a loft building that's been empty for months. That certainly looks suspicious.
2: Yes. And I
1: figure my trail begins with Mr. Gordon. What are you going to do? Call upon Mr. Gordon and make him talk.
2: (laughs) I don't see
1: I'm busy. You something very
2: important
1: to do. Oh, well, I'll see him. It's
2: and
1: Dan Oh, Tell me, officer. Oh, what's on your mind? Very busy this afternoon. Fire this morning and everything. Very upsetting. Heavy financial loss. To you or to the insurance company? What's I? I asked you to whom the fire was a heavy financial loss. To you or the insurance company? i look here. Just because you wear that uniform, don't think that you can be impertinent to the taxpayers. I'll report now, you Just to... a minute, Mr. Gordon. I'm here on official business. Your buildings are heavily insured. You stand to gain rather than lose by this fire today. The fire chief reports evidence of incendiarism. What do you mean? How can we report such a thing?
2: I'll have it now, look, up.
1: Mr. Gordon, I'm here to help you if I can. You tell me who the ringleaders are in this arson racket. I'll do what I can to get you off lightly when your case comes up in court. Court? Court? Wait, who, who said anything about cops? I did. Going to be arrested shortly on suspicion of being party to a conspiracy to defraud the fire insurance company. No,
2: no, you can't do that. Now,
1: now, now. why don't you break down? Give me the information I'm after. Huh? What do you want to know? Who was the one-armed man who was seen to leave the building just before the fire? One-armed man? Fire. I don't know and, anyone. Uh, who had a confidential talk with you earlier this morning? My secretary. Oh, you you bring what? your secretary into this. After all, she almost walked her life today, collecting rents for you. All right. I'll tell you. His name is Joe Durando. Called Stumpy. He worked for the modern wrecking and construction company. Mm. They wreck buildings and construct buildings. But you're coming and going. What a profitable business, I'd say. Ah, listen. I didn't want to do that thing. Mm. They threatened to undermine my tenements, so they'd collapse. I didn't hire them to burn them down. The buildings collapsed. I kept no insurance at all. But it'd be a total oh, loss. Oh, so that's their racket. What have they got of it? thousand dollars down and 20% of the insurance. Hmm, not bad. And I suppose they get the job of rebuilding, Yes, that's part of the contract. Who's the head of the company? I don't know. Stumpy always spoke of his boss as a, a skipper. Stumpy must have been in the Navy at one time. I don't know that. What did the gang use that makes the fires spread so quickly? Gasoline? No, nope, not that. Will you go down with me to the D.A. and tell him what you just told me? Now, look here, officer. My life isn't worth a dime right now for talking to me. Don't worry. The D.A. will have you guarded day and
2: night. What was that? That
1: sounded like my secretary's voice. Come on, let's see who it is. Oh, dear, look. Look, those men. They're carrying her off. You're right. Hey, look out. Look out. Hey, chopper. That'll fix you for sticking. You know, you know, what don't concern you. Come on, Gordon, take a walk with me. Oh, and, oh, come uh, on. I've got this gun in your back, so don't open your trap. You and me is going for a little ride. The skipper
2: wants to see you. Later
1: that evening, high up in one of the city skyscrapers, Stumpy is reporting to his skipper. You see, it was like this, Skipper. Yes. i seen the couple go into Gordon's office. I figured maybe Gordon's secretary has spilled the beans to Garrett after he rescued her. Uh-huh. So, I called some of the boys. Oh. Then when the couple stayed in with Gordon so long, well, I figured the heat was being turned on. So I decided to pick up Gordon as well as the girl. You took a terrible risk by kidnapping them in broad daylight. Well, what else could I do, Skipper? The heat was on. Where are they now? I got them tied up in one of your barges down at the end of River Street. You bring them out to my yard about midnight. You'll see how much they've spilled to the police. Okay, Skipper. And keep away from waterfront alone. If You get drunk tonight, you're all through. Sure, sure, Skipper. <laughs> you can trust me. I won't take not even one drink. You better not, if you know what's good for you. I've got a couple of jobs for you tomorrow, and I want you sober. And you can trust me, Skipper. I know where my bread and butter comes from. All right. Remember that. If you want to be able to continue eating bread and butter. What will happen to Elsie Williams and the brave little secretary? Will Gordon be bumped off for talking? Can Dan Garrett recover from the blow on the head in time to catch the thugs? Or will he lose the trail completely?
0: You're tuning in to Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater, presented by Phoenix Media.
1: Dr. Franz's little apothecary shop. The Dan Garrett is talking with Dr. Franz while donning his Blue Beetle chain armor and mask.
2: Doc, I've
1: got a hunch. Has that sailor costume you brought along something to do with your hunch? Yes.
2: I'm going to put it on over my Blue Beetle
1: costume. What's the idea? Well, I'm convinced that the arson trail leads down by the waterfront. Mm -hmm. That's an interesting thought. A fire trail leading to water. Yes, but nevertheless, that's the way I see it. But what gives you the idea that the trail leads in that direction? Stumpy's reference to his boss as skipper, which may mean that Stumpy's been a sailor, or that the head of the arson ring may have headquarters on a ship of some kind. Oh, I see. Also, I learned from Gordon today that naphtha is being used to saturate the buildings before setting them afire. Naphtha is used extensively around ships. To remove grease and paint and rust. Well, what are you going to do? Disguise myself as a sailor. See if I can pick up Stumpy's trail in one of the waterfront cafes. That would be dangerous, Danny. Uh, I love danger, Doc. And it's in the line of duty, a part of my crusade against crime. Well, you'd better let me change your face a bit with some makeup. Uh, I'd act a little tipsy if I were you. It would be more convincing. That's a great idea. I'll hide my Blue Beetle mask until I go into action as the Blue Beetle. And when I do, some people are going to get a big surprise.
2: What's
1: the matter, sailor? Lost your sweetheart? I'm looking for my friend Stumpy. Lost my pal Stumpy. You know Stumpy?
2: Sure,
1: I know Stumpy. Got to find Stumpy.
2: What do you want with
1: him? He's got to give me a job. He's my pal. Said if I ever wanted a job ashore, he'd steer me into a good job. Well, oh, I ain't seen him. Maybe you could find him down at the end of River Street. End of River Street? Or Stumpy doing down there? Sometimes he sleeps on one of the modern record and construction companies barges. Oh, that's promised me a job, he did. I'll go find him and buy him a drink. Oh, Stumpy! Stumpy!
2: Stumpy! Hello, Gus.
1: This is Maisie a guy coming down there looking for Stumpy. Yeah. Said he's a pal of Stumpy. Pretending he's drunk. But he ain't. He's cold sober and he ain't no pal of Stumpy. Okay. Goodbye. Find my pal Stumpy. You know Stumpy? One armed Stumpy Durano? Sure, I know him. He's down on the barge there. Come on, pal, let me see. Oh, that's very kind of you, matey. Why, don't mention it. I'm a seafaring man myself. Well, seafaring men got to stick together. Stumpy's a seafaring man. Now, now watch your step, matey. Yeah, here's the barge. Stumpy, you'll be glad to see an old friend. Well, you'll good. find him
2: right down there. <laughs> and
1: if he ain't down there now, you can talk to the rats until he comes. <laughs> hey,
2: that you, Gus?
1: Yeah. What are you doing? I just knocked an old pal of yours into the hole of this cow. Who was he? I don't know. The lazy phone he was asking for you and playing drunk up at the cafe. Yeah, probably a dick. Yeah. Well, what will I do with him? Put the hatch cover on and Pile some bags of sand on it. I'll go up and phone the skipper at the office. Okay, okay. I'll take care of it. If this egg in the hole gets noisy, open up the hatch and fill the hole with sand. That'll keep him quiet for a long time. What will happen to the Blue Beetle now? Can he escape from the rat-infested tomb? Or will he be smothered to death by sand? In the meantime, several telephones are busy. Yes, Mr. Mayor, yes, yes, you're right. Something should be done about these costly fires. What? Yes, yes, sir. Yes, indeed, I'll be glad to serve on the Citizens Committee. Thanks. Anything for the good of the city. Oh, by the way, Mr. Mayor, I'd like to have you and your wife spend the weekends on my yacht sometime. Oh, no, not at all, not at all. It'll be a pleasure. Yes? Yes, all right. Well, just let me know when...
2: Goodbye.
1: Jumpy on the other phone, sir. Hello? Yes? Huh? Mmm, that sounds suspicious. Maybe that's the Pullman Dan Garrett playing detective. What? Yeah, it's a good idea, something. Tell Gus to open up the sand elevator and fill the hole. Yes, sinker if necessary. We're insured. I'll meet you out at the yacht in a half hour. Bring Gordon and the girls we find out that they've squealed, you'll know what to do. Goodbye. Hello? Dr. Frank speaking. Hello, Doc. Can you hear me? Yes, Danny. Yes. I'm talking through my portable wireless telephone. But where are you? In the hold of a sandbarge at the foot of River Street. Are you in danger? Not yet. Well, what happened? Someone knocked me into the hole, and now they're filling the barge with sand. But, Danny, you'll be very alive. Now, look, Doc. Telephone the police to come at once to the modern wrecking and construction company's warehouse. I'm in the barge. Hide up to the pier. Hurry,
2: Doc. Hurry. Hooray! to the Skipper's
1: yacht? Who's the Skipper? Don't you wish you knew and could tell somebody? I know who you are. And what you do? Yeah, but it ain't gonna do you no good. You'll never tell. What do you mean? The Skipper ain't taking no chances on you or your boss there, squealing. Hey, Gordon, you awake? Oh. Yeah, he's awake. You'll never get away with this. Patrolman Dan Garrett is on your tail. So you did, Squeal. That's who the guy was that Gus knocked into the hole of the sand barge. Well, he'll never tell nobody nothing. He's buried alive by this time. Well, that must be the skipper now, on his way out to the yacht. We'll both make it about the same. Yeah. Or maybe it's someone... Oh, oh, Hurry down or I'll slap you overboard. I should have left a gag in your mouth. That's what a guy gets for being soft-hearted.
2: Okay, now. Skipper. Yeah. Are you coming? Yeah.
1: Keep that door quiet. Follow me to the off. Okay, skipper. Now, just for yelling, I'm going to gag you up again. No, no. That'll hold you. regret very much, Miss Williams and Mr. Gordon, that you saw fit to express yourselves to the authorities to the extent you have. In my business, long tongues mean short lives. What are you going to do with it? My lawyers... Your lawyers will assist in settling your estate, Mr. Gordon. Only your heirs will benefit by your long tongues. No, no, you can't mean you that... Catch we... my meaning very quickly, Mr. Gordon. We're all going for a little sea boy. But you and Miss Williams aren't coming back. <laughs>
2: yes, the blue sea Drop
1: that gun, Tubby. You might injure the young lady. Why,
2: you... Oh,
1: you murderous arsonist. It won't save you. Your racket is smashed. Your folk of respectability will no longer shield you.
2: Listen, you guys, not going. Don't let this guy block you. Oh, oh, Don't move, any of
1: you. I'll blast you with my ray gun. Uh, The police will never take me alive.
2: Stop him! him, Stop the skipper! He's got a jungle. I'll I'll die by fire. fire, and I'll die
1: by water. Well, tell me, Danny, how did you escape from the hole in that sandbar? I discovered one of the hatches wasn't tight. So was the hole filled with sand. I climbed up in the sand, raised the hatch, and crawled out. Uh, there was a narrow escape. Yes. What did you do then? I heard a girl scream across the water, so I figured it must be Miss Williams' voice. I dived overboard, swam out to a speedboat moored nearby, and climbed aboard. Luckily, I found the ignition key and a switch. We started her up. The rest was easy. Drove the boat out to within a quarter mile of the yacht typhoon, dived over, and swam out to her. And then on it was just a matter of getting aboard without being seen. Mm, you certainly had an exciting night. Yes, but that's what the Blue Beetle craves. Oh, by the way, guy. did they find the skipper's body? Not yet. Well, as he said, he lived by fire and died by water. My, my, what a strange epithet. Yes. But I prefer one which would read, here sleeps the Blue Beetle. It is did his job now, rest in peace. And that's just what I'm going to do. Good night, Doc. A fire and a flood can turn me to my self-appointed task. I'm going to get some sleep. And so the Blue Beetle smashed another crooked racket and chalked up another victory for his crusade against crime. Further adventures of Patrolman Dan Garrett will be presented in the next episode of The Blue Beetle.
0: Get this and previous episodes of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater wherever you get podcasts or by visiting phoenixmedia.us forward slash Silver Age Heroes Join us again same bat time same bat station for another presentation of Silver Age Heroes Radio Theater Excelsior!